With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to episode 78 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and as always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. I'm doing well. Surprisingly right, well, well for Bedlam Week, where we're going to get yeah, it's, touchdowns. You know, it's it's Bedlam Week. Um, the, this doesn't have the same aura as it has the last few years, where it's been a de facto Big 12 title game or, you know, a lot of implications for the Big 12 title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that OU is more than likely going to dominate unless some miracle happens. You know, people have wanted to make the comparison that this is a lot like 2014 in which a an, OU, an Oklahoma State team fighting for a bowl game, you know, goes in and finds a way to win in Norman and, you know, leads us in the next couple seasons. That's great and all, but this team, this OU team has Kyler Murray playing quarterback. That 2014 team had Cody Thomas playing quarterback, who is now in the Dodgers organization playing baseball. This is a very different game uh, and a much better OU team. Baseball. Hey, he's making a lot of money. I respect Football it. players turn baseball players. I mean, there's yeah. your comparison. There, there's your comparison, but also Kyler Murray's really good at throwing a football. And uh, this is a much better OU team than what we saw in 2014. That was a team that was reeling. I think what they went 7-5 and five that year and then lost in the bowl game, OU? if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. OU hasn't gone seven and five since like the eight. All right. Either way, it wasn't a great OU team. I think they I think they finished like eight and four, or something like that. It wasn't a great team, and still found a way. You know, Oklahoma State found a way to win, and that's great. This is a very different situation, and I do not see this game going well. And I'm sorry to any fans that have some sense of optimism. I have no reason to have any sense of optimism about this game. Okay, so let me tell you what. Let me tell you what has to happen for Oklahoma State to win this game. And then you will understand, after I explain this, why Oklahoma State has no chance to win this game. Right. A, they have to force Kyler Murray into uncomfortable situations. Um, Texas, what Texas Tech did early, that's why they were able to kind of slow them down and score. Um, uh, but you saw that even Texas Tech couldn't do that for long. So OSU has to figure out how to do that early. And then they have to figure out how to force turnovers. Mind you, OSU hasn't caused a lot of problems for quarterbacks that are good, and they have not forced turnovers this year. OSU then has to have an offense where they can control the ball like Army did. Now, obviously not to the extent of Army, but they have to play clock management where control. they control the time of possession and score on drives. Well, OSU is inconsistent offensively, doesn't score most of the time, and has a lot of three and outs, so that's not really ball control. Um, OU is running the ball incredibly, incredibly well. Um, you have to slow the run down. OSU gave up over, gave up a ton of yards to a Baylor team that couldn't run the ball until they met OSU. 
Look, this is not 2014. I don't care if they run out in black helmet, white jersey, orange pants, a la 2014. This is not 2014. And you made a quarterback comparison a minute ago about OU. Mason Rudolph is not Taylor Cornelius. Even second game of his career, Mason Rudolph, is not Taylor Cornelius. So trying to compare those two, if you know what this is, this is 2005 OU versus 2005 Oklahoma State. I said this on the last pod. Like, this isn't 2014. This is 2005. This is Gundy's first year. That's kind of how bad this is. This season really is. Um, they had their one big win that year over Texas Tech over a ranked team. They had their one big home win this year over a ranked team in Texas. Uh, that's what this season really is. You won your non-conference games. You won a Big 12 game. I, I, this is not 2014. No, it. I just... It's so hard to even think Oklahoma State can beat OU when we beat them 18 times since this rivalry began. And it's been what... I think six times since World War II that we beat OU, something something to that effect. I mean, look, OSU is it's, two and eleven. It's so hard to think that Oklahoma State even has a chance when it just doesn't happen. Well, <laughs> now, here's my one thing: OU's defense is bad. If they thought they were good, right. they're not. That's because they look good against TCU, who can't score, and Kansas State, who can't score. And right. then they play Texas Tech, who can. And honestly, had Alan Bowman stayed healthy in that game, I think Texas Tech would have won that game. I agree. OU doesn't have defense still. So I think OSU can score some points. I think OSU is going to open up the playbook because they always do this when they're an underdog. They get creative. They throw everything at it. They play like an underdog. And I think OSU will score some points. I don't think OSU's defense, specifically the run defense, can stop OU enough to keep up. Like I, OU's um, run offense is lights out right now, and OSU's run defense is also lights out. As in, they've turned the lights out, and they've gone home. Yeah. It's very significant to see the difference with Darian Daniels not in there and how the run defense has changed uh, since about week four. So it, this, this is going to be tough. Um, but I don't necessarily want to talk too much more about this. I feel like we'll just talk in circles about how OU's going to dominate this game. So I'll leave it with this. The latest line I saw has OU as a 20.5-point favorite. Does Oklahoma State cover? I know we're both picking OU to win this game, obviously, but does Oklahoma State cover the spread? I'm thinking no. When the the line came out at 18, I would have taken the under in a heartbeat. I'd have put put an entire year's pay on on, on, on OU to cover 18. 20.5. And that's how big when betting, and people don't understand this, like when it comes to betting, how big a difference two, two and a po- half, two and half points is huge. I think I, if I remember my roundtable answer correctly, I think I had 51 to like 24, 28, something like that. Um, I'm going to say OU wins by three touchdowns. It's that half point. I want to say OU wins by 20. Um, I don't, uh, I would take the over on 20 and a half just to be on the safe side because I think OSU can score on a suspect OSU, uh, OU defense. I really do. Um, I think Justice Hill is going to have a good game like he did last year. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think Tyler, I think OSU or OU secondary isn't fantastic and that Tyler Wallace might have a good game. 
So I think OSU can score in this enough to keep it to a 20-point loss. Yeah, I would take I would take the uh if it's 20 and a half, I'd take the the uh, I'd take OSU on that one. Yeah, see, I'm, I think my roundtable prediction, I think I had OU 55-24. I just think even though Oklahoma State's offense can score and OU's defense isn't that great, I just don't think Oklahoma State's offense has been so inconsistent all season. I just don't know if they're going to be able to put consistent drives together to keep themselves in the game. And I think that's going to be the issue, especially since OU is going to – I don't think they're necessarily going to be able to score at will, but they're going to put up a lot of points. They have enough weapons around but they're going to put up a lot of scores in this game, a lot of consistent touchdown drives. I just don't think Oklahoma State's going to be able to match it, and that's where I think this thing gets out of hand pretty quick. Um, I mean, OU I've, scored 50 points in the last two games in a row against TCU yeah. and Kansas State. Why would I think they wouldn't do that against OSU? Like, uh, I, I get it's a rivalry exactly game. Yeah. It's in Norman, blah, blah, blh blah, blah. Like, I, I'm gonna I'm going to sound like a bad OSU fan, but I'm going to be the fan that at halftime turns it over to the basketball game to watch OSU at Charlotte. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Um, yeah, like uh, let's just move on to basketball. Uh, we finally can talk a little bit about this on here instead of just beating our head into a wall talking about Oklahoma State football and how bad the season has been. Yeah, there was big news uh, today, big news. Yeah, big news about Michael Weathers. Uh, he is – he has – He's still serving his game suspension, but he is back with the team after his court proceedings finished up earlier this week. And uh, he'll be practicing with the team. No sense yet of how many games he'll miss, but he's going to be huge for this team this year. Um, We have a young team, but a talented team, I think. And this this is going to be an interesting year to see what Boynton builds here with a young squad and then a good class coming in in 2019. This year, it's kind of funny. This this year for basketball reminds me kind of like this year for football should have been, where this should have been a a a good year for football that was building toward next year and the year after. Uh, that's kind of how I view basketball. I I think win wise they take a step back just because the non conference schedule is so much harder than it, it was last year. It's so yes. much. You have. You have your three games in your Advocare Invitational that open with Memphis, which that tournament did OSU no favors. If they get past Memphis, they're playing Villanova and then probably either playing Florida State or LSU. Um, You've got a neutral site game against Nebraska, which is up in like South Dakota. You've got a neutral site game against Minnesota, which is in the state of Minnesota. You've got a home game against a Houston team that will probably be pretty good. A road game against Tulsa, which will be tougher than people think. I I think they come out of it I think they have a winning record and I think that this team is going to get better as the year goes on. A when Michael Weathers joins the team, when, when Curtis Jones joins the team and he actually should be available um for the Nebraska game. That's when he's uh, eligible in, first. In yes. December 16th when the that is when I believe he will first be eligible. Now, I don't know if he'll play in that game. And he'll certainly come off the bench when he starts and I think he'll come off the right. bench. Anyways, I don't think Curtis is going to be a starter this season unless they just have to, they just need him to or he just just balls out. Um, but I don't think a that that this team is going to be very good to start the year. I think they'll be better by the end of the year. But this is a growing year because really the only guy you expect to lose is graduate transfer Michael Cunningham, who I think is going to be the backup Boyingham behind um, likely. I, I really do. I don't. I, maybe Cunningham starts. <coughs> he missed the exhibition due to a hamstring issue. 
But if OSU is really building for the future, Cunningham is your senior presence off the bench, and you allow uh, Lindy Waters and Dezagua to be your senior and, and McGriff to be your senior presence among the starters. If you let if you build it that way, and you have some seniority off the bench in Cunningham, I think this team has the potential to be to be good. I don't think they're a tournament team this year. I think you're back to the NIT. I just I just don't unless a lot of these young guys who I think are have a lot of potential, but I don't I think they're all four year guys. I don't see a one and done. I don't see a two and done. I, I see four year guys. I I think you're really building the foundation for when that fantastic twenty nineteen class comes in next year and you really start to see what Mike Boynton can do um, at Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm with you here. Uh, it's a, it's going to be an interesting year, I think. I really like – and people want to talk about how this is a young team, and I agree that it is. Obviously, we have six freshmen, and you have two transfers coming in who haven't played in a while. But there's enough talent there that I think this team can surprise a lot of people like they did last season. Do I think they're necessarily going to be able to pull out wins in Allen Fieldhouse and in Morgantown and all that? Probably not. But this team's definitely going to build toward the future with the Boone Twins coming in and Avery Anderson, Marcus Watson coming in next year. There's a lot to build towards next year as well. I think I'm looking more toward 2019 than I am this year, but I still think this team is going to be very talented. Cam McGriff, my I, I said it last year, I think he's going to be an all-conference player. Oklahoma State didn't have a single co- guy mentioned in either honorable mention, second or first team. Would not surprise me to see him on that list. He's so talented and does everything well that he's going to end up at least second team, if not first. And I know that's a lot to talk about for a guy that averaged about eight, nine points a game last year, but he did everything well. If you watch how he grew, especially into that starting role last season, he's going to be very good. I still really like Lindy Waters. Um, Man, that dude can shoot. I, I was I was sitting uh, when I got home after class today. I was think we were thinking about talking about basketball on the podcast. So I went back and watched some uh, highlights from last year: the OU game, the KU game, Iowa State games, you know, West Virginia. That dude's shot is as pure as I've seen in a long time, man. He's he's going to be another guy that I think takes a big step forward. I think Dezago takes a big step forward because he has this leadership role that I feel like he has embraced. He was one of those vocal guys on the floor. Uh, from what I watched uh, in that obviously it was an hour practice, but you could tell that he was definitely a, you know, a vocal leader on the floor and one of the most talkative guys out there. I think his game will take a big step forward as he has grown into that. So I am impressed with what I saw there. The young guys, Isaac likely special, man. He is, he's something else. He fits the mold of Oklahoma state basketball. He's going to be defense first, but he has just that knack of getting to the rack and scoring. And his outside shot's a lot better than people talked about. I know people talked about how, you know, that was still developing. I think he's going to be able to be a threat outside. Maybe not a go-to three-point shooter, but he'll be able to knock it down when he gets his opportunities. I was so impressed with Maurice Kalou. From what I saw in the exhibition, he looked a little bit slow defensively, but I think that's just kind of moving into playing that style of basketball as opposed to a little more offensive, which what he played in high school at Oak Park. Um, but he's going to be another guy that I think is another going to make an impact as well. I think Contravious Jones, you have another, you have a dude that's 6'10", 265. Uh, obviously, he lost a bunch of weight from the summer, so he's still kind of growing into his body, his new body a little bit. Uh, but the pieces are there. And I will say about Curtis Jones, when he comes in, I think Oklahoma State fans are going to like him immediately. I didn't know much about him, really, until I went to the open practice. He's a knockdown shooter from outside. He's got a you know quick, smooth shot. 
and he's got some bunnies. That dude can jump out of the gym, and I didn't know about, and I haven't seen, he's a very, very dynamic player. He kind of has that Jeffrey Carroll style of game where he can play inside and out, but I think he's a little bit better than that, if that tells you anything. Um, I'm very impressed with what I saw from this team, and, you know, the exhibition was sloppy, but a lot of that was just, it's a young team coming together. Um, It's going to take a little bit to gel, but I think once it does, I think they're going to be able to make some noise. So, a a few thoughts. One, uh, everyone's excited about about Curtis Jones. Um, I'm still just curious, as as highly rated as he was out of high school and did nothing at Indiana. Uh, Those are the kind of guys I'm like, Man, everybody raised about him in practice, but I need to see him in game action before I know if he's going to be anything. Um, right. Well, I think I think likely is going to be the biggest, the most important person to come out of this freshman class. Um, and he was one of the last additions to the team. Uh, I think he's going to be big over the next few years, and I'm excited to watch him develop. I'm really excited to see Cunningham Saturday. And just get to, get to see him in person. Um, at, you know, he didn't get to play in the uh, in the exhibition game, so I'm excited to see him take the field. I think I think Lindy Waters is the most important player on this team. I think he's got to be kind of the guy of the starters. I think Weathers is going to be awesome. I think Lindy Waters is going to be the most important player on this team for the whole season. Now, there's one thing I think is interesting and that people haven't talked about. You know, Last year, expectations were low because we didn't know what to expect out of Boynton, but there was some expectations because Jeffrey Carroll was back, and we really had high expectations for what he could do in the Big 12. You know, preseason, we all thought he could be a, a Big 12 player of the year, and he kind of regressed without Juwan Evans. Without Juwan Evans there to be the number one guy, Jeffrey Carroll just wasn't good enough to be the focus of the team. Um, he just, right. he was double teamed. He just, he just couldn't. Um, there are low expectations for this team, but there are, there's no Jeffrey Carroll. There's no guy everyone thinks is going to be great to disappoint. And I don't want to say that Jeffrey Carroll was disappointing, but from, from an expectation standpoint last year, he was a bit disappointing, which makes me wonder. I don't think this is a tournament team. I don't think this team is going to be better than last year. But is why I go back and say I think this team can be underrated like last year's team was because there's no one there with the expectations Carroll had to disappoint the way that Carroll did. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I, I can see your, your, uh, your line of logic there. I think this, like I said, I think this team can make some noise. I don't think, you know, even despite, you know, having six freshmen and two transfers and a grad transfer new to the team and being picked last in the Big 12 again, that's not to say that this team is a 10th place team in the conference. There's no way. No, because Baylor already lost their opener to Stephen F. I don't even know. I don't even know. Texas Southern, I think. Yeah. That, that That's not good. No. I don't think Baylor's very good. I, oh, I don't I, feel, I don't think OSU's a tenth place team in the league. I don't. No, because there's I think no way. He's too good a coach for them to be last place. And I think they'll win some games. Now, do I think they finish better than seventh? No. I I don't. I and again I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. I think the ceiling is about fifth or sixth. I just I, I think I the think field the, I the it's bottom not of the Big Twelve I, is better. Iowa State has taken a step up. 
Um, I don't know what to expect. I mean, OU. They lost their team. Well, (laughs) I think they'll be no worse than they were last year. And I think that instead of having a a giant rise and the meteoric fall, I think they'll finish probably about the same, but it'll be a little more average in the middle as opposed to up and down. It'll be kind of kind of up and down throughout the season. I think Iowa State's going to be better. I think Baylor's still, I mean, even if they take a step, a little step back, it's not a huge step back. I just don't see, I don't see other teams taking a step back to, uh, I think OSU takes a small step back because they have so many freshmen um, that that's why they finish lower and other teams are able to push them back. But I don't, I just don't see 10th place. I don't see them as being that bad. No, if they're, if they're in 10th place, it's because that's how deep the conference is this year. That, and that yes. is the only point to make. And that's why it's so hard to see them in 10th place because you think of a 10th place team as a bad team. I don't think this will be a bad team. I just think if they finish 9th or 10th, it's because the conference is so good from top to bottom that they couldn't overcome being in 9th place. I, I think that's kind of going to that's gonna be the thing is is – is everyone else just that much better than OSU this year, which is what I think is the potential more than OSU is bad this year. You know, and that's kind of the bizarre thing about this conference is that Oklahoma State could finish in ninth or 10th and have be a couple of games below 500 at 500 or have a winning record. And that just shows how good this conference is and how deep this conference is. Yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting year to see the development as the year goes on. And like I said, right now, I think the I think non-conference is going to be rough just because you have so many young guys still getting their legs underneath them, getting used to the speed of Division One basketball, and still trying to gel together with these upperclassmen that have that experience and trying to catch up to what they have. But I think if something clicks, Michael Weathers comes back. You know, even though he has played for a little bit, you see, you know, the immense talent he has. Curtis Jones can play. You know, you have you have guys with game experience on New Waters, Thomas Asagua, Mike Cunningham, Cam McGriff. You have that experience with all these young guys. If they can all come together, man, I think I really do think they can finish sixth. And that's you know, for a young team, that's pretty damn good. I mean, considering it, how I mean, you have one senior on the team. Yeah. If they finish sixth with that many freshmen and the class that's coming in, you're going to feel a bit good going forward. And I and yes. I do think. Mike Boynton proved last year he can coach, like, period. Like, okay. I don't, you don't look at that and go, oh, it was a fluke. No, Mike Boynton proved last year with that squad that he could coach because that team was not as talented as the year before, and they weren't that much off of what the team the year before did. Like, let's just be frank about that. Um, I Mike Boynton can coach. He can motivate his team, and he can coach. There, I, he is he designed some of the best inbound plays I've seen in college basketball. Like that that guy knows how to coach. He knows his X's knows. He knows how to motivate his team. And I, I I believe he can coach. So anything that happens this year is not a matter of coaching. It's just this team just is what it is this year. Um, yeah. Now this all said, I do think they win this Saturday. I, it's a tricky game. Yeah. It's a weird game. You open your season on the road at Charlotte, who was terrible last year. I mean, for everybody who doesn't remember. OSU played Charlotte last year, and I think they fired their coach like the next day. And it was like you know, three games what, into the season, something like that, something like yeah. that. And they fired their head coach like the next day, three games into the season, and just gave up on the year. Now I don't, so I don't. Charlotte's not very good. I think this will be a weirdly close game. But again, you're opening your season on the road at Charlotte, which is a weird team to start at. Um, so, uh, but I do think, I think they start three and zero. 
you know, you've got Charlotte, UTSA, and, and College of Charleston, and then you go to the, the Advocare Invitational, which I think is going to be, this is going to sound bad, but there's two options at the Advocare, and we'll talk about it closer to when we get it. If you look at the way that schedule lines up, they could let, they could go one and two and have faced better opponents. And from an RPI standpoint, I know we don't talk about RPI now. Now it's whatever the new metric We killed is. it. We killed um, it. The net or whatever it is. Or they can go two and one, but they're going to face lesser opponents. So it's going to be a – we'll talk about the tournament more when we get there. It's going to be a weird situation. I think they win on Saturday. Basketball, not football. Um, <laughs> exactly. I do think they win. I think it's close. I think people are a little weirded out and concerned by it. But it's a season opener on the road at a bad team. There's probably not going to be any fans in the stands. It's You're going to have Cunningham back in the game. I think it's going to be a weird, sloppy, awkward game, but I do think they win it. I'm with you. I, I think that, you know, obviously with Mike Cunningham coming back, I think that'll make a little bit of a difference, kind of slow everyone down and have a little bit more experience on the floor and not, ha- not be forced to play all six freshmen in significant minutes. But I think you're still going to see a lot of guy, a lot of the young guys in there for more than 15 minutes of the game at least. Um, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be an interesting matchup. I think Oklahoma State still finds a way to win by double digits, but I don't expect it to be a convincing win necessarily because of how sloppy I think it's going to be considering what I saw against Watch the Baptist. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm excited for the season. Uh I, I've been very excited since the NIT ended against Western Kentucky. The, this is going to be a good team. It's going to be fun to watch. We have a great coach. The future's bright for the program, and I think that's going to that incites a lot of that excitement. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it'll be fun, um, and at worst, it'll get us to baseball season. There we go. Always a good thing. Last year at Alley P. That's kind of weird to say. Oh man, it is. Oh, I got to get out there this season. Oh, I've got a oh, yeah. game. I'm going to go to as many games as I possibly can for yeah. all sports, really, because I have no five idea. hours away, man. I live five hours away. Yeah. So once I graduate in May, I don't know when the next time I'll end up back in Stillwater will be. So I got to enjoy as much of it as I can before uh, it's time to move on to the adult world. Philip, where can they follow you on Twitter? Ah, you can follow me at OKTXAR Pope, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. Follow my show, the 1012 podcast at 1012 podcast. That's at the number 10, the number 12, the word podcast. Check it out. Check me out. I tweet about a lot of things. Mostly OSU. Other things as well? Good enough. Yeah. You can follow me at JT Penfield. And be sure to, be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Uh, we will talk about Bedlam for the next few days leading up to the game on Saturday as well. We'll have basketball recaps. So, you know, we're getting into multiple sports here, so there's going to be a little bit more content out on the site. So be sure to like it and all that, and we will uh, – We will see you all on Sunday to recap both the basketball game and, uh, well, Bedlam, I guess. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll get there at some point. (laughs) Have a good one, everybody.